Welcome to the Beauty Aside podcast. I'm Gentry Quinn. I dropped out of school at the age of 17, got my GED, and still managed to build multiple businesses and a beauty line from the ground up. Beauty Aside, each week we'll be talking with entrepreneurs and learning what it takes to achieve balance and what it really means to follow your dreams. So I'm so excited to be here with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. This is a real pleasure to have someone who's not only a physical fitness expert, but a nutritionist and a health coach. So I just want to tell, I'm going to learn so much today. That's why I'm excited personally. So is there anything that you don't do real quick in the health arena? I mean, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a uh, therapist. So just putting it out there, um, I don't do... uh, I don't know. See, there's we'll nothing. There. We'll there's nothing there. you don't do. I knew it. I knew it because I stalked you online. I just want to tell you that because I, I had to. I'm like, what is this girl all about? I don't She's, bake. You don't. Okay. Well, I don't bake. I mean, but in the health arena, no, you no, no, really no. probably. I love to eat baked food. I just okay. don't bake. I, okay. have, I outsource that because I can't, I can't bake. Okay, well, I love baking. I'm, I'm not saying I'm a great baker, but I love baking. We'll get together okay. sometime and do some healthy recipes, Perfect. healthy sweets. Yes. So, Christina, um, thanks again for joining me today. And I just want to know, has from stalking your, your again from stalking you online, I know that for ten plus years you've been in this health arena. Um, it, was that on purpose? And what I mean by that is, did you always know that you wanted to be in the health industry or was there a, a, something that happened in your life that created the, that transition piece for you? So how did that, how did that happen? Huh. How did we get here? Uh, yeah. So my dad is a coach. He's a, was a marathon coach his entire life. So I grew up around sports. Uh, I started, I think my first competition in cross country was like six years old. So I was always around that. Um, I went to school for something completely unrelated. I went to school for international studies with a focus in business and a minor in French. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I had an epic, uh, meltdown in the Dean's office. My, my, I think my first year of the graduate program. And I didn't know what was happening, but I just knew that I'm, I'm miserable. I I had a full-on panic anxiety attack, and the basically the year leading up to that was just also very challenging. And so everything in my body was resisting this. But uh, I found solace in coaching, and so I was an assistant coach at Texas State, um, which was my alma mater. And so I coached track there, and. I found myself spending more and more time with my athletes than I did, you know, focusing on my school. And I, you know, it was every time I went to practice, it was like a big sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, maybe I should listen to that. So I took some time off and, um, you know, I never, I never looked back, never went back um, to finish my, my MBA. Um, and I'm so grateful for that because you know, here I am now and I'm loving what I'm doing and I've met some incredible people and I learned a lot about myself through that process and was able to start healing and really understanding, you know, health, wellness, mental health. And, uh, yeah, I, otherwise I would be sitting uh, behind a desk in a suit 
either in government work or corporate and I would be hating my life <laughs> and I get to wear sweats every day. <laughs> so and that's definitely a bonus, definitely a bonus. Um, I love that you brought up that right away and I didn't plan on jumping into this so soon, uh, but I love that you talked really about a blessing in disguise. To me, that's what that was. And your body was telling you what your brain wasn't allowing you to acknowledge right mm -hmm. because you you have the the heart that's so much stronger than mm -hmm. communicating to the nervous system than the brain right so um i just think that's a really powerful message for people out there to hear that part of your story because they might be experiencing anxiety or yeah. or you know in the form all in the form of panic attacks or whatever it is however their anxiety shows up and they're ignoring it because their brain maybe doesn't want to face the reality of whatever it is, right, that's happening. But your, I think the message there is that you always need to listen to your body because your body will tell you what your brain sometimes doesn't. That's Would you I say that? It's 100% accurate, and that's what I work with clients on. And, you know, in addition to uh, the brain, it's really it's, it's our ego. Our ego keeps us coddled and protected. And whenever we deviate from the path, our ego says, hey, stop, you're afraid of this, you're not gonna do it. And so, you know, the ego, the brain, all of those things kind of work for us to a certain extent, and then they stopped working. And then it just, you know, creates fear in these like fear-based patterns. And it's funny you mentioned uh, too about the, the inside. So our gut is considered our second brain. Mm -hmm. And we now know that there is so much goodness there, right? Our um, mental health is very much closely dependent on our gut health and then reverse. So messages from the brain affect the gut. Like, for example, right, you know, like you, you say, oh, I just, I just have that gut, gut feeling, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We use mm -hmm. those terms. And so, and sometimes when we have, um, has some brain disorders like traumatic brain injuries they lead to a lot of gut dysfunction so there's this constant communication that people forget and we ignore this this gut feeling and they're you know the, the gut bacteria that we have affects our brain health and the you know the food that we eat the motions that we take mm -hmm. intake um, that those are all inputs they affect you know what's going on up here but we often just power through because that's our society right that's the norm mm -hmm. right you mm -hmm. power through mm -hmm. you ignore all those those warning signs and mm -hmm. so i'm learning still learning right I we all are <laughs> that's why we're here today i'm learning from you i'm like this is why I, one of the main reasons why i do this is because i love learning from people like you and i think that's another really important message about paying attention to your gut and how everything is connected um what do you say speaking of the gut and eating and bacteria what do you say when people say what's the best diet for me because i'm uh, sure you must get that a lot right I love that question love it because i get like what do you what skincare line should i use or whatever yes. so i imagine people say that to you yes right? so this is a love this question because as you know if you look at like any product right for skincare we have the oily skincare, the, the dry, the semi, you know, you have all of these different varieties. And same thing with, with diets and stuff. It, there's a concept called bio-individuality, 
which means that no single person is the same. We are all completely different. So, and and the the you know a lot of people use this. Oh well, this worked for me, therefore it should work for everybody. Approach, and I hear that a lot, and that's super prevalent in my industry. And it's just it's just not true. So there is no single diet that works for everyone, and somebody's you know somebody's poison is going to be somebody else's superfood and vice versa and so i try to tell my clients and usually i go into this long explanation and you know i try to understand that you know the media the public propagates this one pill fixes all approach and that's not true for skincare for hair care for diets for exercises uh, nothing really so it's just it's like this end of one you are a bio individual and your footprint is going to be completely different from your neighbors and that's okay you just have to honor that accept that and work with what you have and I think that's so great that you mentioned that and that's the way that you treat your clients for anyone out there listening if someone tries to put you in, um, under an umbrella with everyone else and says this is the diet that everyone should be doing I think you should you should uh, run. acknowledge <laughs> run you should run you can start your fitness <laughs> goals go. early for the new year you should start running um, because that is just um, it's not productive it's not truthful um, and it just simply it just simply doesn't work so I'm so glad you mentioned yeah. that there was one thing that I read online on your website and it mentioned habit creation mm -hmm. and I didn't think too much about it I just I wrote it down because I wanted you to explain to me what it means and why it's important yeah so habit creation um, if whoever is interested in habit creation James clear he's one of my favorite uh, authors in the field of habit creation so the majority like I think it was 90 to 95% of what we do on a daily basis is habitual, right? So you don't think about it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, habits live in the majority of our brains and habits are created from infancy mm -hmm. and habits are an accumulation of every single input coming from your parents, from your playmates, from you know your, your teachers. And so a lot of this stuff you are not consciously aware of because habits are subconscious mm -hmm. and there is a way to override it right thus create new habits and, and break old ones and it takes it takes practice and it takes bringing something into your conscious awareness so mm -hmm. where I like to start with uh, with people is just you know track your daily activity and you know from the moment when you wake up to the moment when you go to sleep, like, you know, uh, wake up, roll over, a lot of people grab their phone, um, scroll, mm -hmm. right, spend 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes on social media, mm -hmm. then do this, do this, do that, and then you start noticing where there's a disconnect between the person that you are striving to be mm -hmm. and then what your habits say and, and do. Mm -hmm. And so I help people reprogram their habits so that they fit the the person and the idea that they want to become because it's so powerful because you know if you don't know that you're doing something that's causing you to take your few steps back then how are you going to get there and you can only power through right like grit your teeth consciously through a diet only so mm -hmm. long mm -hmm. and then your default setting takes 
over, especially in a stressful situation, right? You will always default to the path of least resistance, mm -hmm. humans will, and we are biologically programmed to do so. And so if you don't rewrite those habits, uh, then you're gonna keep falling back into the old traps, which is why diets largely don't work mm -hmm. because you didn't change your habits mm -hmm. in your life, right? That, that makes sense. So yeah. it makes so yeah. much sense. That is so powerful because at, at young ages, like you said, we're just downloading this information from our parents, from our friends, from the world around us. And then how do you change a habit without breaking it? That's so important. Like to be, have to break it to change it. You know what I mean? But I think people are like you were talking about, it's subconscious, right? It's yeah. just something you do without thinking about it. So um, I love that you teach people how to break those habits so that they can retrain their brains to not just subconsciously like regurgitate or do what they've always learned or what's been downloaded, downloaded, it's excuse hard. me. It's really hard work. It is hard work because then you have to have like this hyper awareness, right? Um, but it's great that you can take people to that place. It's, it's great that you can take people. No, you do. You do. That's part of what you do. And like I said, that's really, really powerful. It resonates a lot. So I know that you said you help women build confidence through movement, nutrition, and lifestyle. And I personally love that you incorporate all of these because I think that they're really important. But can someone do one without the other? Can they do three, two out of three and get great results? How important is it that you address or, I don't know, uh, incorporate all three of these at once? So, uh, I started with just my entire like you know, fitness life, so all that stuff journey started with just fitness. And I was hyper aware of, I mean, I was an athlete high school, college, and so my physical fitness, right, having, being a certain size to compete, having six-packs abs, so all of that stuff, you know, was predominantly physical focus. I had gut issues, I had horrible cystic acne, um, I'm sure you, you know, see that a lot in women that you work with, right, through skincare. I've dealt with it myself at certain points in my life, so absolutely, yeah. very common. And so, and the you know, nutrition part wasn't part of it, lifestyle wasn't part of it, and so I kind of you know, went along and along, something's missing. And then I discovered nutrition, mm -hmm. and then I started working with a nutritionist, but then, you know, I had fitness and nutrition, and I was going along, and still stuff was missing. And then, gradually, I started doing um, really deep mindful work and lifestyle work, and started purging toxic life situations, people, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then things start falling into place. So do you have to simultaneously start working on all three? No. However, at some point in time, I do believe that you need to look at and address all areas of your life, right? There's, there's mm -hmm. different right, pockets. There's food that you consume that doesn't come on your plate. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I've been studying that deeply in the last year and there's different areas of your life that you look at that feed you, feed your purpose, feed your soul and feed your stress or lack thereof and if you don't address and look at those areas, nothing else, um, nothing else will line up. You know, I've seen people that don't have the best diets or exercise routine but 
their gut's functioning great, they're healthy, happy. And so, and then on the opposite spectrum, there's people that work out, do all of the things, but come back frustrated and saying, well, I don't understand, why am, I, why am I sick? And that was, that, was, that was in that category, right? You're eating right, exercising. Why do I still feel sick? Why am I miserable? Why am I depressed? And it's because all the other areas weren't out of line. So wherever you decide to start, uh, just start. Mm-hmm. Um, to, but at some point, I do encourage people to look at, you know, everything. How is your, you know, relationship, career, family, mm-hmm. environment affecting your health? And oftentimes, it's all of those things that are driving the the, the bad habits, not the bad mm-hmm. habits, the, the habits that aren't helping you mm-hmm. get to where you want to go. Um, It makes a lot of sense, and I'm really glad that you framed it that way because I think there was a time in my life, not anymore, but there was definitely a time in my life and I where I didn't understand how emotions Mm. could affect health. They were two separate things, right? I feel fine. I don't have anything physically wrong with me. To the medical community, they still are. Very different. Yeah, but but you brought up a great word, which was accumulation. Mm -hmm. And if it's not accumulating in one area, that doesn't mean it's not accumulating negatively in another area, right. i.e. emotion. So I think that was really like very pointed, um, how you mentioned accumulation and to address all three of those. Now, it's not to overwhelm anyone because we can take those micro steps, like you said, and you can just start somewhere. And I right. think that's also a really powerful message to just say, hey, just start somewhere, right? It's a, a lot of the times it's just, we wanna be so perfect. We're waiting for these perfect moments mm-hmm. to start and it never happens. So you just literally have to start, pick a category and start. And you can, you can move forward and grow and add and get a health coach like you to help guide you so you don't feel so alone. That's a big thing too, not feeling alone because you know, we, we're tribal beings. We have to belong to a group and as great as social media is, right? Research supports that we're now more divided and depressed. I mean, the, gosh, the rates, uh, one in five people in the United States, this is from 27, um, uh, national health or, uh, statistic, but basically one in five people, um, suffer from a mental disorder. And this could be ranging from just you know mild dep- depression, seasonal depression, to something very serious. And I'm sure a lot more people go undiagnosed, and a lot of it has to do, or and don't seek help, but we're isolated. We don't have communities. We don't have people to talk to. And you know, just like good habits are contagious, if somebody in your group is on this health kick, chances are other people around them will just naturally do the same thing. And same goes for the reverse, right? For negative habits, you have, you know, peer pressure, social pressure, and all we really want to do is be part of a group and fit in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we're going to start replicating the habits of those around us. So it reminds me, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, I'm sorry. It just reminds me of that one quote about you are like the five mm-hmm. most people yeah. that you spend your time with, Absolutely. right? 100%, yes. And then I also heard something the other day, I never can remember because I listen to so many podcasts mm-hmm. and expert interviews and stuff, but um, 
it was talking about uh, people that you hang out with that you want to positive in positively influence and that um, sometimes you're not always able just to do that verbally because people get offended, they're set mm -hmm. in their ways. So a really good way to do that is just to lead by example, which is what you're, I think that you're kind of also um, getting to here is that you, you, you act and then you speak in alignment with how you're acting and living out your life and people see that and you become this positive influence. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, I want to do what she's doing. You know what I mean? She's looking good. She's being healthy. She's happy. I want to do. And then they'll kind of like be asking you instead of you saying, you know what? You should really eat healthier. You really shouldn't do that. You should exercise more. You should stop smoking. You know, whatever it is. Yeah, that has worked. kind of never. Never. Right. <laughs> totally. It doesn't because people, people, no one wants to, no one wants to um, yeah be told yeah. like that they're not doing something uh -huh. right or yes yeah, so it's definitely if you love people and you want to make positive influences it's just kind of like Gandhi right be the change you want to I mean, see you, right you kind of shut up and 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 you oh, just do it, you just do. and then you are that positive mm -hmm. influence. I know that is so true. I'm so glad you brought that up. I also reading online, you said that you can help women. Um, you know, whether it's whatever the reason is, it really doesn't matter. Maybe they're getting married and want to get in shape for their wedding, or they they have uh, just had a baby and they're kind of just wanting to get that shape back, or maybe they're just wanting to overall get you know a healthier lifestyle. Um, you said that you can help guide them through the information information overload that exists today and when I read overload I was like OMG like I have never felt more overwhelmed than when I have tried to seek information like health information online because I like say I watch or listen to five different people that I respect they all have slightly different views and I'm still left like I don't know what to do. I'm feeling very overwhelmed. So to help kind of simplify things for us, um, what is the one thing that someone could do if they're wanting to like just start? What is the one thing that someone could do that would make the biggest difference? Like just getting them going in the right direction. I would say whatever, pick a habit in any category. Okay, whether it's nutrition, whether it's exercise, um, you know, a new face cleansing routine, pick, pick a category and start building a habit around it. So make it easy and accessible. For example, if you want to start working out, be very specific when I, and, and use the I am, I will phrases because that reinforces a whole slew of, um, of, of brain chemicals and you, you're basically speaking your truth, you're speaking uh, what you want into existence. So write it down, you know, say I am um, going to exercise Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, whatever, Just put it on the calendar and set your alarm, pick a time and day, pick the same time every time and set your clothes out the night before. So build this whole infrastructure around the habit that will get you started. And here's the thing, drastic changes really rarely work. Mm -hmm. um, just doing 1% more or changing that, moving that needle in the right direction by 1%, that 1% is going to accumulate mm -hmm. and that's going to give you the best 
return on investment versus just you know picking at all these different things and expecting these grand you know transformations like really transfer all transformation is is a person committed to consistency mm -hmm. uh, over an extended period of time and research shows that the diet for example speaking of just diets every single diet works the you know the keto the vegan the vegetarian the paleo the my grandma's peanut butter sandwich diet whatever um, but consistency is what separates the people who get there and people who fall apart. So just doing that 1% every single day is what's gonna get you there, whatever it is. I completely agree. So just to clarify, if it's, I'm wanting to start working out again, then I'm going to put it into writing because that helps. And I'm going to say when I'm going to do it, the time, where I'm going to do it so that I'm mo more likely to actually do it. Because for some people, if it's not in the calendar, it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. That's definitely for me. Mm -hmm. So it better, better get on there. Um, and so, you know, whether it's that you're going to eat healthier, you know, it's maybe it's making that grocery list ahead of time and, um, and just sticking to it. It can be really simple, but just, just, just creating a habit around whatever it is and creating that habit means being consistent. Correct. That's so the key. <laughs> consistency is key. And I think that's so applicable to, other areas, many other areas, if not all areas of our life. So, um, so I'm so glad that you answered that question for us. Cause there's just so many people that they just don't know what that one thing is to get started. Just like pick a place guys where you want to start and just write it down and make a commitment and then start and stick to your commitment. Cause it's commitment to yourself. <laughs> it's right. Those are the easiest ones that we break. So totally tell somebody. Totally. Ask your support network. Ask your oh, I like that. other, you know, have them hold you accountable. I mean, that's what I do for people, right? I hold them accountable. Nothing that I say is groundbreaking. I'm borrowing information from all different circles and teachers and, you know, books and research. And I just regurgitate that to my clients and then I keep them accountable to whatever they committed to doing so when you can you can do that for you know whoever and you can it's always good to ask someone mm -hmm. for help mm -hmm. I have a coach mm -hmm. right I have multiple coaches that's great that you said that coaches have coaches coaches have coaches guys so yes. <laughs> like, yes. every single yeah. successful coach yeah will give you a list yeah of all the different people in different areas I mean look at you know LeBron James he has a one of the greatest, greatest basketball players, and period, people, athletes. He has a mindset coach, a recovery, a dietitian, nutritionist. He has a slew of supporting network. Now, can we all afford LeBron's lifestyle? No, you can have support. You can have somebody else that you turn to for accountability. I love that you said that, and I love LeBron James, but <laughs> also I just want to say I watched with Alex, I watched the, uh, is it the barbershop? Is that what it's called, the barbershop? And uh, and he was he was on he was on recently, and he's he's really inspiring. But um, but yeah, accountability is really important. And if you can't afford to pay for someone an accountability coach, then you know go to a friend that has like similar interest. Um, maybe it's it's someone else that that just had had a baby and is wanting to get back in shape. Um, 
or uh, maybe it's one of your BFFs who likes to work out or if maybe it's not has nothing to do with working out maybe it's just you're wanting to change your uh, diet I'm just giving you random examples and you know someone else is also and you can kind of just have that support for accountability um, I know I have one with business and she's just one of my friends that owns a really successful business and we try even if it's once a week we try to be each other's accountability partners so that's really really very precious advice um, I just want to talk to you because you were really transparent with me right from the beginning about your uh, mental health challenges over the years. And I'm just wondering, how did your mental health journey inspire you to help others? And it doesn't have to be loaded. I don't mean to like, I don't want to put you on the spot. You don't have to share more than you want to share, but I know that it's very common and, and I feel really blessed that having known people that have had these challenges and probably myself at, at some point in my life too I think all of us yeah. struggle at, at different times in our life with this but I just I feel blessed that it's being something that's not taboo and that we can just kind of talk to about and support each other with so I I just want to say thank you for just even being willing to talk about it because not everybody would you know would, would be as transparent but for you know, for you that that was that's something that is important and it's affected you, and I know it bleeds over into your work and also helps you with your health coaching. I'm sure having that personal experience. So I just want to just wanted to ask how it's inspired you to help others. So mental health in all the different capacities uh, was never talked about. Uh, in my household growing up, so I come, I'm Russian, born, raised, and the the you know the the persona that we all had was every you know handle your stuff. There is you know no such thing as mental health. I mean that was like you know 20 plus years ago. People didn't feel comfortable talking about it, and it wasn't recognized, and the or the importance wasn't recognized, and so. I don't remember how I started. Basically, I started keeping a journal since I was, I don't know, eight, nine years old. So, I, you know, I was looking back at some of my entries, like, yeah, 1997. And so I started tracing, now knowing what I know, right back my, like, history of mental health. And one of the things I realized is just, just how little we get help or recognition that mental health is, is important. Um, I struggled with now knowing what it is, depression in, you know, growing up because I was um, moved around from two different cultures, two different countries, back and forth, back and forth since the age of seven. And I didn't belong here and I didn't belong there. And so, and my, my parents didn't know really how to handle me. I was a very eccentric child. I was loud, I, you know, was rough, very, all of these different things, and so my culture preached conformity, 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 and so as a result, I remember, I wrote a poem in fifth grade, like, we all have to, we all had to write, a, you know, I am poems, and, and now knowing I am statements are incredibly powerful, really, what comes after I am, or I'm not, is truly your identity, and my poem wrote, I am a life heir, 
So I went through the, this entire poem talking about how much my life sucks, how much I want to die. And my teacher, and I remember this clearly also not equipped to handle something like that. She called me to her office and said she will not, and these, these, these poems were posted on uh, in a hallway in, outside of our fifth grade classroom. And you know, some, some people were drawing like unicorns and hearts and I'm like black, I have a life error, right? So she said she wouldn't post it and that I would receive a failing grade if I didn't rewrite it. And I remember I burst into tears and I said, I don't, that's how I feel, I don't want to rewrite it. And she's, you know, she's like, are you sure this is what you want to go with? And so she gave me an F and my mom and dad got wow. called into school and there was this whole thing and um, they too didn't understand because, you know, they're very Russian parents and you, uh, you know, the, they got a call from school means I did something wrong. So I got in more trouble, right? So I found validation throughout my life, throughout my childhood that, you know, I'm not feeling good and then I shouldn't speak up because when I do, I get in trouble for it, mm. right? And so writing was my outlet. I had a sister who was a, psych a child psychologist, so that helped mm. too. And I would talk to her, but I, you know, kept writing and writing throughout the years. And then, um, you know, I just, when I started going into, after, you know, I started coaching and stuff, I'm like, there's still something missing. And so I started looking into, um, you know, the power of language and neuro-linguistic programming. I got, went down that rabbit hole and, and light bulbs started coming up for me. I started looking at my life and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I am, you know, I'm not doing so well. Like on the outside, I have to be happy and eccentric and, and, and I'm this happy, happy-go-lucky all the time, and on the inside, like, I'm dying. And, um, yeah, piece by piece, you know, through talking to people, and I have um, really, really great mentors, right? I hired coaches and mentors, and uh, they were able to kind of hit a pause button and, um, you know, pull me out of it, and, you know, I'm, I'm big into reading and, again, studying and researching trying to understand like what is what does the literature say about mental health and, and and what are these patterns and what does psychology say and then look back on what I'm experiencing and then you know coach myself out of that and you know kind of justify and basically say oh hey this is okay this is normal mm -hmm. and again I had mentors and, and uh, that really pointed some things out for me which is you know, now I can, I can do that for my clients, like, right, ask the right question and then not tell somebody mm -hmm. what to do because that's not my job. Uh, my job is to ask the right question and then have kind of the story unfold in front of their own eyes. Mm -hmm. So it's a still work in progress, but basically just over the years trying to give myself grace and understand that this is, this is okay. This is part of the process and there's we all have trauma and, and some sort and this is how it comes out and this is what it looks like and it's okay to sit with it to unpack to use different modalities like therapy meditation writing music um, I have a, a wonderful dog that is essentially my therapy dog he is, he is so you cute know, you know so just he is so that. cute it's, it takes a lot, and um, it takes a lot of work, and just a lot of 
love, self-love, which a lot of people, I mean, I wasn't taught self-love. In fact, it was the opposite. You know, self-love wasn't a, a concept that anyone in my family grew up with. And, but it goes to show just because you didn't grow up with something or just because you got downloaded certain habits and thoughts and beliefs doesn't mean you have to retain them. doesn't mean you can't flip the script, flip the story, and, and write your own story. I love that. We're doing that. I love that. Doesn't mean you can't break it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And change that narrative. That is, that is so inspiring. Thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah, of course. I just, I think it's even more powerful if, when you're helping someone to know, I think it, I should say it the other way around. If someone's helping me, I feel like it's more powerful for me to know that it's, it's coming through with the experience. I know that's not always the case. You know, people get certifications and they learn stuff and they teach it and that's, that's awesome. That's totally respectable. But, you know, for me, I love knowing that where that advice is coming from is coming from someone that's like lived it. I think that that's, um, that's even more resonating and, um, makes it more relatable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to wish bad things upon people so that they can teach them, but I'm just saying those are the stories that resonate with me. And then I feel like, okay, she totally, or he or whoever it is totally understands me, you know what I mean? So exactly relatable. Um, and that's, that's great to have that, um, in your bag when you're, when you're teaching and experience in general. I don't think that anyone comes out of this life without having some form of, you know, bruises or doesn't come out banged up. Like nobody comes out clean and perfectly great, right? Because life isn't perfect and we're imperfect. And so as long as you recognize that and uh, you're able to, to love all of those parts of yourself, I think, think you'll be fine and, and right surround yourself with people who also love those parts about you because that wasn't always the case for me and you know fitting in or trying to fit in as a child as a teenager as a young adult as an adult that is that's such bull <laughs> but can we need it right so trying to change who you are just to fit into like this certain mold is a very very common story and I see it in my clients that are in their early 20s, 30s, and 60s. So it's truly, I think it's like a human experience. And especially for, for women, so many women feel so much and, you know, don't really have the tools to process that and or in, in a healthy way, right? And so... Um, I just, I think it takes a lot of nurture and support and just understanding that, you know, no matter what, you're justified in feeling the way you feel. And mm-hmm. there's, I think there's love for all of us at the end of, of the tunnel, uh, at the mm-hmm. end of the road. And if you believe in that, then you're all good. Well, whoever works with you is very lucky because um, I really appreciate your vulnerability. I think that that is... Um, it's something new. I'm trying it on like a pair of shoes. <laughs> it's the, it's, I'm a fan of Brene Brown. And I, yes. and, and I, and I, I understand how vulnerability um, from how she teaches it um, is like the scariest thing in the world and the bravest thing that people can be. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so this is my, maybe a little bit more of a lighthearted question. What, what, <laughs> like, thank you. Uh, 
<laughs> Thank you. Um, what are some of the misconceptions people have about your profession? Because I know, like when I talk to Stephanie and she's in the entertainment industry, there's a lot of misconceptions about what goes on, what people see on TV versus what goes on behind the scenes. When I talk to my filmmaker friend, it's kind of the same thing. People view that as being glamorous. And I kind of, and it's not, filmmaking is definitely not glamorous. And I kind of view yours as kind of the same thing because you see the pictures on Instagram and you're working that, you're looking good, you got a hard body, everybody's smiling. Like, you know, every it's positive, it's motivational. And those are the images that we see. But but what is what are the biggest misconceptions that people have about what you do versus what they yeah that health see? coaches and trainers don't have bad days oh wow um, so it's and I, I I get it I, you know c- celebrities have this this aura about them that they they're perfectly manicured makeup all the time right. Um, hairstylist right their hair needs to be done because this is what they do and with trainers and and coaches uh, I think people assume that we have the most perfect diets and that we never have days where we just either gorge or we eat you know or we we drink alcohol or any of that stuff right and that's so silly because we're, we're humans I have bad days. I have days when I have to coach myself and or con- reach out to somebody to pull me out. I just had that day the other day where it was just a very challenging day and I found myself uh, you know, defaulting to fear and insecurity. And so we all have those because again, that's a human experience. The other, the other thing too is people assume that trainers work out all day every day wait you don't (laughs) because i totally thought that you get up at the crack of dawn you start working out and then you work out all day long well it's funny there's there's a guy that i run into at my apartment complex and he always you know says something along the lines of oh is this like your fifth workout for the day i'm like dude what i am not a professional athlete yes they work out I used to live the life of two a days, you know, maybe sometimes three a days, um, when I was in my twenties. Like, no, right? Like, we don't work out all day. We can sit on our butts on the couch with our feet up, watching our favorite show. You know, like we're we're allowed to do these things, you know. And, and so, like those those. Types. But you work out every day, right? <laughs> no, I don't. No, that's, I do something physical I move okay. my body okay um, but that's that's a new thing too for me because I used to overtrain and I'm a rec- I'm a recovering overtrainer okay <laughs> uh, no, and you know and now I sometimes I, I'll go for a walk and just to go for a walk I'm feeling better about myself already there we go. <laughs> you know, so no we Trainers don't work out every single day. No, we don't eat, you know, these broccoli flavorless chicken and the half a cup of rice. Like that's that's not real life. I mean, gosh, what else? 
I mean, you, you tell me, what, what do you think? <gasps> I, I did Ooh, think, I have to say, what do you think? I honestly have to say, I'm, I'm, I am ignorant. I did think that you worked out every day or yeah. like it maybe took, maybe if I really had to think about it, it took a day off, but I would assume that you would work out every day and maybe even sometimes multiple times a day, just because I'm thinking you're training people. So maybe you're kind of like working out with them a little bit. So yeah, that, that was definitely part of my so here's here's the thing uh training with somebody uh, i actually for the most part i stopped doing that years ago because when i'm training i can't correct form i can't you know Ooh. zoom out and see what's going on with the person's with the person's body and so and every once in a while like i have clients that if i don't jump in there with them they're not going to do the work Oh, they're gonna they're gonna start looking at you. They're oh, you know, this so, is interesting. And, and so interesting. There are those, right? And I've jumped in and like played tug of war, or you know, um, like stuff, right? I'll jump in and and finish or do a race, pace her through a race, things like that, right? But that's okay. very different from what I do on a day to day basis. And I think yeah, the misconception is that trainers train with all of their clients all the time. One that's super challenging already. <laughs> No. Uh, number two, there. I can't coach. I am a coach. Right? It I makes to, sense. I have to step out and I have to see what's going on. It makes so. sense. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> that for me. And like I said, for making me feel better. I'm like, whew. All right. Um, so, okay. So this is a question I don't want to leave out. Um, because I think that a lot of people when they're, would you say this is your dream job? First of all, before I want to preface it, before I ask the question, <laughs> it totally is. Okay. So yes. you're living your dream job. There's a lot of people out there. Some people, we love to make up excuses. Our, our, our subconscious like loves to just repeat patterns and make up excuses, right? For why we can't. I think someone said something like when we decide to do something, there's like seven seconds or something like that before we change our mind, right? So knowing that you're living your dream job, how, and knowing you have been in the health industry for many, many years, how, how was the transition as far as doing this thing that you love and make making a living at it because those can also be different things people can love to do something but maybe they still have a nine-to-five and they're doing it when they get home or on the weekends or whatever you're doing this full-time right for a living so what was that transition like for you did you have to work other jobs to make ends meet before you could just say this is what I'm, this is the only thing that I'm doing like what was that like because I think I think people also have misconceptions about that it, yes, 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 yes. Okay. All the things. <laughs> okay. Um, it took a long, long time. So throughout the last 10 years, it was a lot of growing and get. So when I first moved to Austin, I was still doing the grad school thing and then started training on the side. And I used to bartend. I bartended for quite a few years in Austin. And uh, there's, you know, several years that I just, I don't remember. I was, they were so traumatic for me because that was, I was miserable going into work every day. I had terrible um, general managers who were sexually harassing me and some other bartenders. It was, it was, there was a lot of alcohol um, involved and you know, I was still, and, and on top of all that, there was so much hatred because, towards myself because I wasn't living what I was preaching. And that was the biggest disconnect for me. 
Um, you know, I was, I was saying, hey, do this, 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 and this, yet I was sleeping four or five hours a day. Um, I was still working out, right? I was still eating healthy, but like my mental health was crap. And I was, you know, I was drinking more than I ever have. And so that's not the kind of life that I wanted to live, but I was living it. Right? So that's, that's mm -hmm. a really unfortunate disconnect and it makes you feel even worse. And so gradually I started ditching that part of my life and really stepping into this, this full-time thing. And, um, I worked, I worked for, um, gyms and gyms here in town in Austin mm -hmm. and then gradually you know went into corporate fitness and had like you know it was it was a nine to five but mm -hmm. within the fitness industry mm -hmm. job so I'm a stepping stone kind of person I don't like drastic changes like a drastic transformation um, I, I like my research mm -hmm. <laughs> I really love mm -hmm. my research and so and before I take a step I like to see what are all my options because mm -hmm. I don't like to be locked in so Gradually, 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 the last little leap of faith of going into a business for myself, that was terrifying. That was absolutely, that was my whole body resisting for fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. However, um, you know, I made that leap with a support network that I had accumulated by this point. And, you know, I'm so happy that I did. And the more I learn about it, the more... You know, I see our life is, you know, no matter what, your success is inevitable. It's no matter what you want to do, right? You want to be the best barista, great. Your success <laughs> is 100% inevitable. So knowing that can relieve a lot of pressure, right? What would you think if I said, like, look, no matter what you want to do, you 100% life is going to line up in such a way that that's going to happen. Wouldn't that feel like, oh, okay, whew, yeah, okay, this is great. So then that gives you a chance to really figure out what is what do the steps look like. And so I think that's that's what I'm doing now. There's still days that, you know, I'm stressed out or, you know, thankfully my, my boyfriend, my wonderful, incredible partner is helping me with the challenges that I have in my business on the technical side. Mm -hmm. um, so I have support there. Mm -hmm. But Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. You gotta have some support. Yeah, and it can be, that's it wonderful. Can be anything, right? Mm -hmm. Just people in your network mm -hmm. um, that are rooting for you and yeah. behind you and not like like pulling you back and also I just want to add to what you were saying um, it's the progress you as you were talking I was like okay well that makes sense because you may have not been in your ideal position but you are a real like strategist right you're a tactical well, the type person right? Take, and then looking back I'm like oh yeah oh my gosh this I was I was doing the 1% to get to my next step, to the next step, right? It's like a little carrot in front of me. Um, it wasn't just like overnight. And some people do it, some people do it successfully. They just wake up one day and just go, all right, I'm gonna be this whole other person. And that's incredible. But I found a way that works for me and it's a lot more gradual. But you know, it's, it, now it reflects in the type of coaching that I do. I'm not good at transformations. Like I don't know how to guide somebody that way. I'm not good at giving a diet and saying, okay, boom, this is going to make you a whole different, this is going to make you Paula Abdul overnight, no, but like g gradual, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's mm -hmm. how I experience life, right? One step at a time and that's totally. what comes out and what I, what I do. And, and, you know, if, and if that doesn't resonate with somebody, that's, that's totally fine. 
Okay. Yeah. Not my person. It's it's <laughs> to me it's sustainable. You're talking about sustainability. Like most things. What is that quote? Also, you might have to help me out with this. It's a, it's about how all of the the people that have um, that appear to have like overnight success yeah, have been it's like working. Iceberg. It's been they yes. they've been working all of their lives for this one moment of overnight. Like, the quote is like. It took me 10 years yeah. to achieve my own yes, exactly. It took me 10 years. Yeah. That was from Alex, whoever's listening. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. It is so true, right? But I love that sustainability. And that is something that takes time and commitment, which you mentioned earlier. I love that. Um, but just kind of wrapping things up, I have a couple more things that are also a little bit more lighthearted and fun that I think you'll like. So what would you say out there to the people listening? There's going to be someone that has, uh, maybe they have a dream of doing some of what you do or even all of what you do because you are so multifaceted so what would you say to that person how would you what would you say how should they get started or where should they start if they're just like oh I love I love the world of health or maybe okay I know I'm kind of rambling on here but it is really overwhelming there's health coaches there's wellness coaches there's life coaches I just learned I just looked up coaches the other day and I think there was like 10 or 20 spiritual coaches like there were like all these coaches I'm like what the hell are all these coaches doing like obviously they're all doing something and they have their niche fields but I'm just saying it's very overwhelming maybe people are interested and and like the generalness of of being in the wellness industry, but they just don't know where to get started. Could you just give them a little bit advice, like uh, the roadmap, just a place to get started? Roadmap is, first of all, you're right. There's so many different categories. So roadmap is to figure out which one speaks to you, right? And this is where I like to go feeling first, thinking second. So feel out what direction you want to go in, whether it's nutrition, whether it's health, whether it's you know, pre and postnatal, what speaks to you, right? So feel that and then you can write it out and then you can do the thinking. And the thinking comes in with kind of backtracking, seeing, reaching out in your network and, um, you know, social, this is where social media comes into play, right? It connects people so then you can follow up with that personal connection. See who is doing what you're doing and reach out to them. Ask for resources. Um, say, hey, what? Where did you get started? Or is there a, um, a good book or you know, this and that you can recommend? And so my, my trails that I, mean, I would look at people that were doing, I still do that, that do what I do and I ask for guidance. I read a lot. And so I draw inspiration from people that are way smarter than me. Um, but step one is just figure out which direction you want to head in in this coaching, health coaching industry or training or whatnot and find mentors. Because the cool thing about mentors and, and coaches is they have already done all of this legwork mm-hmm. essentially for you. Mm-hmm. And so they can meet you where you are at and give you their resources that are applicable for that moment in time so that you can kind of skip all of this and the guidance the guidance, guidance. Right? yes skip, maybe you can learn from their mistakes right like you look at, i mean you see somebody walking off the cliff you see one person walk off the cliff another person and then by the time you walk to the cliff you're like mm, maybe i shouldn't walk off that cliff not a good you idea know? anymore that's where coach comes into play <laughs> yeah you know so yeah. 
find what you want to do. Or so I get, direction. so I'm hearing get quiet first because you have to feel, mm -hmm. you have to like honor the feeling. Right. And the only way you can do that is like to shut your busy brain off. You said, think second, yeah. shut your busy brain off. Think, um, excuse feel. me, feel first, right? Uh -huh. Feel what feels right. Uh -huh. And then think, and then maybe reach out yeah. and research, right? Because part of it is researching and finding people that might serve you in the way of like a mentorship or coach. Um, and then just start from there, mm -hmm. right? Just start, that, it's a good place to start. Yeah, it's a great place to start because yeah. after that, you know, you're gonna pretty much figure out what what's going on, where the road bumps are gonna happen. And yeah. if that's a road bump that you can handle, right? That you want to handle, or it's like, mm, no, let's pivot. And it's always okay to pivot. It's always, and people right. start, I and mean, I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on my education for a career that I just dropped. And now I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on my education in the direction that I love that, you know, is serving me so much better. And so I just want to, I just want to add to that also, because I could say the same thing because I went to school for radio, television, film, and now, yeah, we're recording this, but I'm not exactly making a feature film here, doing a podcast. Yet. So, yet. well, yet for sure. That's definitely my, on my list. I think big. And as you get to know me, you'll realize that we're, we probably share the same kind of brain in that department. But, um, I do think that collectively all of the things, they're not throwaway things. Those things that you learned in business school, those things that maybe they didn't directly apply to the type of work that you're doing now, they definitely come into play in certain aspects of it. So you will use it. So people don't feel like any of your experience is wasted because it will all beautifully come together in perfect harmony in a and a symphony at some point. Yeah, you'll definitely get to unicorn status, right? I mean, and this is the other thing, but I just want to say, because I feel like people maybe feel like, oh, like I wasted my time or I wasted my money or whatever. And, and yeah, I could feel the same way, but now I'm doing things. I mean, this is, this is still has to do with media and we're still doing sound and we're video recording things. And I have to like visually understand how yes. to tell a story. And exactly. so, um, in business, that would have been a great degree to get for anything that you're, you're going to be able to apply that to. So I just want to encourage people. Chances are you are going to change your mind. If you go to college, just chances are because the real world experience and real life experience is so much different than sitting behind a desk and learning, which I definitely encourage, but I'm just saying it's so much different. The chances are it's going to change, but you can definitely apply that knowledge. And I love this um, I've actually heard a couple different people say it in different ways. So I've heard Rachel Hollis say it. I've heard mm -hmm. Marie Forleo say it, uh -huh. um, that you can do, and I'm sure many other coaches, um, that you can do everything in life that you want to do. Just not all at the same time, because I know for me, something just wrote a blog post on that, or on that little Instagram post on that same exact, that same exact quote. I mean, how resonating is that? Because I know if I'm picking one thing, let's say I'm interested in the wellness field and I'm picking one thing, that almost gives me anxiety because I don't want to just pick one thing. I want to learn about everything, but I know you can't just be all over the place all over the time. You would never get anything done. You need to pick a few things. You need to really focus and give it your all for anything to ever blossom into anything worthwhile, right? And I'm, I've lived long enough to understand that. But at the same time, I just watched a documentary last night. I think it was called Jay Makeup, where this guy has like nine or 10 degrees. He's like a lawyer, a doctor and all of these things. And I'm 
I'm not definitely not going down, trying to go down that path. But I'm just saying, he his dream was to be like a, a fiction writer. He's a prolific writer. He's a he's a award winning, I think, playwright. Also, he's that a was he is. But that was his dream, and he took all of that stuff and he incorporates it and bodies it into the characters of his story. And so I would like us to use that as a metaphor because mm -hmm. I think everything that we learn can can create this beautiful narrative and contribute to it, which I think is what you're doing, which I think yeah. is so so beautiful, so beautiful. Anybody that has you a co as a coach is lucky. So we're going to definitely post all that information. Is so lucky. She, she. I just want to say you, you uh, trained the way I met you was that you actually you were on Studio Five One Two on the same day that I was doing a segment. But you are a trainer for the two host uh, TV host of Studio Five One Two, which is Rosie and Stephanie, right? For both of them. Yeah, and I do two completely different. You know, things for both of them. Totally. Bio-individuality. So I've learned so much today. I've learned so much today. So, yeah, so anybody who gets you is definitely getting some someone special. Um, I want to leave on a last, just one last question, which I've decided to ask everyone. Um, you're the first one, by the way, so you're special. The first one that I'm going to ask this question to, but moving forward, because I think we can all learn from so uh, so much in this way. What is your favorite quote? And also, um, if you have one, and why? That's what I would like to ask. Uh, I have a lot of them, and recently they all kind of accumulate to this. So this is a quote by my favorite um, author. He's a Portuguese author, Paulo Coelho. He wrote The Alchemist. Mm -hmm. um, it's an amazing book. But, um, and he wrote, you are what you believe yourself to be. And, you know, neuro-linguistic programming teaches that too. You speak your, um, your words reflect your inner, inner language, what, what you're thinking. And if, you think yourself to be broken or limited or not enough, your outside will reflect that. So you are literally not what you eat, but you are what you believe yourself to be. And so if you can start working on and changing the beliefs, which is, that has been honestly the, the, the biggest blessing, the biggest gift in my development is I just started being kinder to myself and I started believing that you know I am worthy and I am not all of the the, the trauma like I am not my trauma I'm not my baggage I am not my work I am just me and I happen mm -hmm. to do all these things so mm -hmm. uh, I believe a lot more and a lot higher of myself and what I'm capable of now than I ever have and I think that that is so true but you know I when people get this, magic happens because mm. then everything else changes after that. Because they, they think that they're limitless, right? Anything you know they touch will be successful and or somehow enriching and positive to mm -hmm. them. So. That is amazing. Mm. That is so beautiful. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> oh, I mean, I feel like I could sit here and talk to you for many, many hours. And I know we have to, I know we have to end, but um, it reminds me of Bruce Lipton. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I also believe. Yeah. So you just could not have picked a better quote. 
Um, I love perceptive. I love me too. It just was reminding me of him when you were talking about you believing it, and when you believe it, you're you're. Yeah, you proved that, right? He did prove that in petri dishes. Hand hug, hand hug. <laughs> I love it. Yes. This part is like this is not some frou frou woo woo pseudoscience. No, like it's not. this is biology. This yeah. is peer reviewed research. Yeah. You guys. Yeah. And it's so powerful and it's so life changing and. Uh, we need more of that. We do need more of that. Well, I think we need more of you too. So I'll have to put you on the spot as I do, love to do, and say, would you like to come back for a part two? Oh, I would love oh, to. Oh, we're just getting started, guys. <laughs> we're just getting started. Thank you again, Christina. You are just like this beautiful, awesome. For those that are, are out there listening and aren't, well, no one's here with us, but except for Megan and Alex, but if they're not watching and they're just listening, you just like Kat, from the moment I met you, you were just, I felt an authentic, I'm just going to say, it's going to sound cheesy, but like ray of sunshine. Not that you were like overly like, uh, like uh, smiling and cheesy, nothing like that, but oh, it was really just like, cheesy. you. Were, it, was, it was a Christmas special. You were doing a Christmas segment though. To be fair, guys, but I mean, it was authentic. I think that's the thing to like put focus on. I felt a real authenticity from you right when I met you, which I don't feel a lot of the time because I feel like people are always putting on this like little facade of what they they should be or think that they should be. So I felt that that realness from you, and I just went, "That's a cool chick. Definitely, that's a cool chick." Thank so you. thank oh, you. Oh.